Hello, everyone, and welcome to Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Tara Stingley, a partner and employment lawyer with Klein Williams in Omaha, Nebraska. Here on Employment Matters, we bring you updates from around the world as we dial in our local ELA lawyers. These good folks practice on the ground in jurisdictions around the globe, working daily to help their clients move through these difficult times. On the program, we span the globe with updates on critical issues from ELA members in each region. Today, we're chatting with two ELA member firms in Pennsylvania. Joining us today on the program are Zach Bombach with Steptoe & Johnson in Pittsburgh and Adam Santucci with McNeese in Harrisburg. We're taking a look today at medical marijuana. The subject of medical marijuana has been studied and debated for decades, and more and more states have legalized medical marijuana as it becomes more widely understood and accepted. Today, we're talking with Zach and Adam about the evolution of the Medical Marijuana Act in Pennsylvania and its impact on the workplace and employers. Welcome to the program, Zach and Adam. How are you both doing today? Doing great, thanks. Happy to be with you. Yeah, absolutely, Tara. We're happy to be here and appreciate the opportunity. Well, it's great to have you both here. Zach, why don't you kick things off by giving us a general overview of Pennsylvania's Medical Marijuana Act? Certainly. Well, Pennsylvania is a medical marijuana jurisdiction, and there are several variations of statutes throughout the U.S. providing access to marijuana, from decriminalizing the possession of marijuana to medical access to marijuana, and even to legalizing access to recreational marijuana. Pennsylvania enacted its Medical Marijuana Act, or the MMA, in 2016, and the program providing access to marijuana has been online since 2018. The MMA provides Pennsylvania citizens with serious medical conditions the ability to receive certification from a physician to obtain medical marijuana. Importantly, though, medical marijuana is not prescribed in Pennsylvania. Instead, citizens are only certified to access and use it. It's a pretty straightforward process for citizens to become certified. First, they receive a certification from their physician. The patient then applies for a medical marijuana registration card. Then the patient takes the registration card to a dispensary where they obtain an approved form of medical marijuana. And notably, medical marijuana is not smoked in Pennsylvania pursuant to the MMA. But some examples of approved forms of medical marijuana include pills, oils, and dry leaf plant but that's only to be administered through vaporization. So it's not smoked in, in the more conventional sense that you might think about smoking marijuana. The MMA governs the certification to use and growth and distribution of medical marijuana. It's worth noting as well that the MMA addresses only marijuana. We're not talking about hemp or CBD. It's noteworthy that marijuana and hemp are both flowering cannabis plants but marijuana contains a higher concentration of the intoxicating substance THC, while hemp-derived products contain a lower concentration of that substance. And since 2018, hemp-derived products have been available in a separate and highly regulated marketplace. But the MMA creates and regulates only the medical marijuana marketplace within Pennsylvania. Well, that's all very interesting, but how does all of this apply in the employment context? Well, the MMA provides that no employer may discharge, threaten, refuse to hire, or otherwise discriminate against or retaliate against an employee regarding an employee's compensation, terms, conditions, locations, or privileges of employment solely on the basis 
of that employee's status as an individual who is certified to use medical marijuana. Thanks, Zach. Now, it sounds like Pennsylvania's Medical Marijuana Act is pretty comprehensive, but this had to be a big change for employers in Pennsylvania. Adam, can you talk to us about how implementation of this act has been for employers? Yeah, Tara. While the act is certainly comprehensive, employers have really struggled with implementation because there's some apparent inconsistencies in the statutory language. At a high level, you know, our employer clients have been struggling with a conundrum. You know, they want to provide a a healthy and safe workplace for their employees, and they want to comply with the law. You know, they don't want to be a test case for medical marijuana statute in Pennsylvania. And, And sometimes those two goals can be at odds, ensuring compliance and ensuring a healthy and safe workplace. Another significant contradiction is that employers in Pennsylvania are looking to comply with federal law where marijuana remains unlawful, but also then comply with employee rights and patient rights under state law. So trying to reconcile those issues without triggering a lawsuit can be a tightrope back for our clients. You know, as Zach noted, there is a non-discrimination and non-retaliation provision in the act. In addition, the law provides that an employer has no duty to accommodate an employee's use of medical marijuana in the workplace. Similarly, employees have no right to perform their duties while they're under the influence. There are also some carve-outs for safety-sensitive positions, but a close reading of the law almost makes those carve-outs meaningless. And and let me tell you what I mean. Essentially, employees can be prohibited from performing safety-sensitive job duties and working in safety-sensitive positions while under the influence. But the law goes on to state that employers can have that same restriction for all employees. Employers can prohibit all of their employees from performing their job duties under the influence or being under the influence in the workplace. So what does the safety-sensitive language really mean, or or how does it help employers? Yeah, those are all great points. And in addition to those inconsistencies, how do you really line up these requirements with the Americans with Disabilities Act? What are your thoughts on that, Adam? Yeah, while there's no duty to accommodate under the medical marijuana statute in Pennsylvania, you know, the question becomes, what if an employee is using medical marijuana for a medical condition that may qualify as a disability under the Americans with Disabilities Act or the Pennsylvania Human Relations Act? You know, the question is, what obligations to accommodate might arise there? Does an employer have an obligation to accommodate medical marijuana use outside of the workplace, inside the workplace? We've been advising our clients that yes, indeed, there may be a duty to accommodate medical marijuana use outside of the workplace, even if it may violate an existing workplace policy. In the end, the ultimate question from our perspective really comes down to, can the employee safely perform their job duties when they're at work? And focusing on the employee's safety in the workplace and the ability to safely perform the essential functions of the job without posing a direct threat to him or herself in the workplace. And that's where we've encouraged our employers to focus. That really has to be the North Star. By engaging in the interactive process, as we've traditionally known it under the ADA and the state law equivalents, employers can confirm what accommodations may be medically necessary and whether the employee or even an applicant can safely perform those essential functions without posing a threat to the health and safety of themselves or others. And we know that issues under the ADA and disability discrimination claims are some of the most hotly litigated issues for employment lawyers. And, and podcasts with a bunch of employment lawyers wouldn't be any fun unless we talk about some litigation. And so this law was passed back in 2016. Zach, have the courts answered any of these questions and ambiguities that we've been talking about? Well, Tara, as you, as you pointed out, the statute was enacted in 2016, but we really haven't seen much guidance from the courts until about 2020 and 2021. And the courts have answered some questions, 
but many remain unanswered. And the first question that they answered was the ability of an individual to bring a private cause of action. And both Pennsylvania and federal courts have determined that individuals may bring a private cause of action under the MMA. There had been an argument by employers that the MMA does not set forth an individual's ability to bring a lawsuit against an employer solely on the basis of violating the MMA. This argument was rejected in August of 2021, where Pennsylvania's Superior Court concluded that the MMA would be rendered meaningless if it does not provide an aggrieved employee the opportunity to seek compensatory damages from an employer for unlawfully discriminating against a medical marijuana user. And the Superior Court's decision is in line with a similar determination made by the Federal District Court for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. Moving over to the unemployment compensation arena, Pennsylvania's Commonwealth Court determined that an employee terminated from employment based upon a positive drug test for marijuana is entitled to benefits where an employer's drug policy permits the lawful use of legal drugs. And there, the Commonwealth Court noted that under the MMA, marijuana is lawful and its use in accordance with the MMA is a lawful activity outside the scope of, of the employer in that instance's zero tolerance drug policy. So it highlighted the need for employers to really zero in on their drug policies and consider specific language, especially when it comes to lawful use of lawful substances. In addition, the Commonwealth Court has determined that under Pennsylvania's anti-discrimination statute at the Pennsylvania Human Relations Act, that a college was not required to accommodate a nursing student's use of medical marijuana, even though she was certified to do so under the MMA. There, a nursing student used medical marijuana because of a disability. And the Commonwealth Court reasoned that the PHRA prohibits disability discrimination, but the definition of disability does not include the use of an illegal controlled substance as defined by federal law. So there is some interplay with the PHRA looking to the federal definition of illegal substance. And since federal law categorizes marijuana as illegal, the Commonwealth Court reasoned that its use is not a required accommodation in Pennsylvania. And looking throughout the country, there has been a split of authority on employee protections. And there have been a number of employer-friendly cases. For example, one court found that an employer is not required to waive a drug test for marijuana as a condition of continued employment following an employee's accident while operating a forklift. Another court has held that applying to operate a medical marijuana dispensary is not a protected activity under another state's marijuana statute. And there the employee could not invoke any protections under that state's respective marijuana statute. There've been a number of employee-friendly cases, however, and in one case, an employer has been found liable for damages for firing a certified medical marijuana user following a positive drug test for marijuana. Another court found that an employer discriminated against an individual when it rescinded a job offer following a positive drug test for THC. And these issues that we've seen in other jurisdictions are likely to be litigated here in Pennsylvania, but they are questions that remain unanswered to date by Pennsylvania courts. Yeah, it sure seems like employers are darned if they do, darned if they don't in this kind of area. And we've talked about a lot of ambiguities in the act, and it's clear that courts are working through these issues. Adam, are you seeing any efforts to amend the statute to clarify some of these issues and ambiguities? Yes, Sarah. 
Luckily, there are some efforts underway to get out in front and try to answer some of the unanswered questions that Zach was talking about. For example, recently, the Pennsylvania Chamber of Business and Industry offered testimony in support of Senate Bill 749, which, if passed, would address some of the issues with the current statute and, most importantly, provide our employer clients with some clear guidance on what their expectations are and how to comply. For example, the federal ADA provides that while there are protections for the lawful use of prescription drugs, the EEOC has made clear that employers can consider prescription drug use if there's a potential for impairment and the individual is employed in or applying for a safety-sensitive position. In other words, an employer can look at the impact of legal prescription drug use when determining whether or not someone can safely perform the essential functions of the job. That guidance really helps clarify and balance the employee's rights with the rights of employers to maintain a safe workplace. That sort of clear statutory protection is not currently in the Pennsylvania medical marijuana law. Senate Bill 749 would clarify key distinctions between safety-sensitive positions and non-safety-sensitive positions and will give employers more tools to make good decisions around safety-sensitive positions, what needs to be accommodated in terms of medical marijuana use, and when consideration of medical marijuana use would be appropriate. Senate Bill 749 would expand the definition of safety-sensitive positions and provide some good examples and clear guidance, which is not existing in the current law. It would also make it clear that employers can inquire as to an employee or applicant's certification status, confirming that an individual is in fact a certified medical marijuana user, what you think should be something that they can lawfully do, but it's not currently clear. So Senate Bill 749 would take that issue off the table. It would also make clear that employers could inquire regarding the impact of medical marijuana use on an employee's job performance. As I mentioned earlier, we're sort of using that as the North Star. Can the employee safely perform their job duties with or without the use of medical marijuana? But it's far from clear that the same rules that are applicable under federal law are applicable under state law. 749 would make clear that if there was an impact on safety-sensitive job duties, the employer could appropriately restrict the employee from performing those job duties, which, which seems like good common sense and good safety practices for everybody in the workplace. If the doctor indicated that there would be no impact on the employee's performance, then the employee would be permitted to perform the job even if it was deemed safety-sensitive. So this would essentially align the Pennsylvania Medical Marijuana Act with the key feature of the ADA and allow employers to put safety of the workplace as the number one priority in all of their considerations. Senate Bill 749 would also clarify the right of employers to conduct lawful drug tests. It would address workers' compensation and unemployment compensation questions that have remained unanswered and make clear that an employer's unemployment tax rate would not be impacted if the employer was forced to discharge or let an employee go because the employer couldn't accommodate their use of medical marijuana in or outside of the workplace. So it would take care of some of the issues that Zach noted that the courts are struggling with right now. Another significant change would be the creation of an administrative agency adjudication process, which would be akin to the EEOC administrative charge or here in Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Human Relations Commission's discrimination, harassment, and retaliation charge evaluation process. Senate Bill 749 would direct the Department of Labor Industry to create rules for that administrative process. This would be a really big change and real positive development for employers because instead of being faced with the prospects of a lawsuit in state or federal court, they could go through the administrative agency process to adjudicate employee rights, a process that we're all more familiar with and is often less costly for both the employer and the employee. 
Critically, the bill would also create a safe harbor for employers who establish policies and procedures to promote and maintain workplace safety. All of these changes would really help our employer clients who are looking to to walk that tightrope of complying with all of the rights the employees have under the law, but also, again, providing for that safe and healthy workplace for all of their employees. Absolutely. I'm sure all employers would appreciate a little more black and white guidance in these days. Well, gentlemen, this has been a fascinating discussion. We know these issues continue to evolve and there will likely be more to come in this area. Zach and Adam, thanks so much for taking the time to discuss these issues with us and for joining us on the program. Thanks for having us. Thanks very much, Tara. If you'd like to connect with Zach or Adam, please click on their bios in the description of this podcast. You can also search the ELA website at ela.law, where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Tara Stingley, and thanks so much for listening.